Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Woodstock, Georgia, it's time for Cherokee Business Radio. Now, here's your host. And welcome another Friday Fearless Formula on Cherokee Radio X. I am your host, Sharon Klein. And today in the studio, I have a really interesting person. He's a jujitsu teacher. I don't know if that's actually the official way that you would describe yourself as a teacher, but he started in jujitsu like over 20 years ago and is uh, used to live in New Jersey and came down here like two years ago or so, and now has a really successful jujitsu studio, and it is called Sakura Jujitsu Academy in Woodstock. Please welcome Chris Savillo. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> thank you for coming to the studio. Yeah, thank you for having me. You're I welcome. It. I read an article about you, and I thought this is exactly what Fearless Formula is all about. So you initially had um, a successful studio in New Jersey. Will you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, um, I started bare bones. Um, I mentioned that it was a like a down an alley in the basement. I took over a wrestling academy. And um, I remember begging the the, the uh, owner at the time to give me some space, and um, it was like five hundred bucks a month for like a quarter of the room in an office. And uh, <laughs> you like, okay, I'll take it. I was it. like, I'll take it. And then I begged him to give me one month for free. And knowing him now, I'm shocked that he said yes. But he said yes, and um, I was like, you know, give me one month. I promise you, I'll have your rent on on the next month. And I got it done. And that's how, that's how it started. I had no students. You just have faith, faith to get started. I really thought that I was going to, it was going to be my excuse to train all the time. And I was going to have like 200 students in two weeks. I was convinced. And two weeks came and gone. (laughs) No, 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 no. no. (laughs) I was training less than ever. And I had like four students. (laughs) And then you had like pressure, financial pressure. Oh yeah. Big time. Yeah, so I, I changed careers from um, tattooing to jujitsu. It was kind of uh, jujitsu was getting in, in, intrusive. Is that oh, the okay, word? yeah. And um, I just wanted to. I was around like great people. I thought not that I wasn't tattooing, but you know, it was the people I wanted to be around. Right. And um, I just kept wanting to be there more and more, and I was working less and less, and training more and more. And then um, one day, my wife was like you need to start working. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> I was like, I'll open a school. <laughs> and like, just like that. And, and, um, and then the search started and that's where I ended up. So will you tell me a little bit about jujitsu? So I took Krav Maga for a little while and I really liked it. And it's this Israeli defense um, techniques. But how does that compare to jujitsu? Um, jujitsu is like a grappling art. So it's based on uh, closing distance, uh, gaining control of a person. Um, taking them down to the ground where you have more leverage and uh, hopefully leading to a submission, make the, making the fight stop it, uh, via like choke or joint lock. Oh, wow. And um, it always struck me as the most practical because um, I could practice those things over and over. And, you know, the person will tap if they're uncomfortable and uh, we could get out of the round, laugh about it, talk about it and kind of enter back in. Um, I always thought some of the, um, other martial arts I had, had experiences with were impractical, where there's no sparring. It's a lot of punching and kicking in the air. A lot of like what I what I would do, but 
there's no practical way to maim somebody. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, that that I I liked that about it the most. You know, I think that's interesting. Um, point to make is that a lot of it can be kind of in your mind. Like if I were in this situation, I would have this round kick or something. But yeah. when you're actually physically sparring with someone, you get to actually really feel the emotions in the potential situation you could be in, in real life, although yeah. in a controlled way. <laughs> yeah, of course. And you see that I, I've seen, you know, I've coached so many people at this point and um, I've seen guys that were great in, in, in the room, um, great at sparring, you know, they looked very promising they go out and they just choke, they fold, you know, like mentally. Um, and then competing becomes something they need to practice to get better at. So if you take the person just that never sparred ever, and now they're in a situation where, where they have to perform, and that's not the time to be wondering if you can or not, you know? So true. And uh, chances are probably poor that you won't perform because you haven't done that movement. You don't know how it's going to unfold, how the person's going to react. So um, I thought jiu-jitsu was always a great... Uh, art in in that respect. And mentally, I imagine like I get in my own head so much and I'm my own worst enemy. I have analysis paralysis mm. where I don't know what to do, so I don't do it. But like I can imagine if you have some muscle memory, those things take over. For sure, yeah. I guess if you're practicing enough. Yeah, you should. Um, it should be like that, you know, because um, I've experienced that as well. Like you, you start thinking. And then, <laughs> it's the worst. I hate thinking. <laughs> yeah, you start thinking and then you're late. If you're late, you get tired. Yeah. And then if you're tired, you're not going to do well. It's so true. Well, I thought it's so fascinating that you were all the way in New Jersey and then came. Well, you had opened your studio in 2010, I believe. But then the pandemic hit. So how did that impact your business up in New Jersey? Um, it's just bad timing. Um, I remember we we were in the process of um, moving to a storefront and uh it was a much better location. It was right on the highway at like a traffic light. It was great. Um, town was a little better. And, uh, you know, I didn't think I was going to grow much more where I was. Um, we didn't even have an address. I used to have to, have to run upstairs and go outside with flip-flops on and flag everybody down because <laughs> the address we would give them would take them down to a uh, like a junkyard. <laughs> it was oh awful. It was awful. Um, I used to see people like – pull up for their appointment, look yeah. around and just drive away. I'm like, Oh man. Um, oh, no. So it was, it was time, you know, I, I, I took a chance and uh, everything was going great. We were building out and um, I had, I had the best landlord you could probably have asked for and um, everything looked good. And then we um, opened up in February, uh, pretty early in February. I forget the exact date. And uh, that month I didn't put a dollar into advertising. We, we signed up 21 students and I remember that number specifically because I'd never done that before. And and I was thinking like, this is, I remember coming home and being like, it's finally going to pay off. Like we're doing, it's going to happen. You know, I could feel it. And then uh, classes were huge. And then, um, you know, every now and then you get a question like, hey, you know, what do you think about all this COVID stuff? And me, like everybody else was like, ah, you know, it's the flu, whatever. Like, it's no big deal. And then like, boom, you know, bad stuff started happening, you know. Um, I don't know. People said it was a little, um, I don't want to say better or worse, but different in the South. Um, in the North, I mean, I could attest that people were, you know, people were dying and uh, getting really sick. Um, some people very close to me and my family. So, um, Sorry to hear that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and I remember uh, I started getting uh, death threats. 
<laughs> you started getting death threats having your studio We're open? staying open, yeah. Um, no, nothing got mandated yet. We were still like going towards it. There was talks about it, um, telling me I was killing people. And uh, Oh, my God. And whatever. You know, never leaving a name, of course, or anything like that. You know, Holy but, cow. Yeah, through my, um, through my portal where you would put your information for a free class. Okay, well, that, that's terrifying, though. Yeah, it was odd. Odd. <laughs> that's um, a good word. <laughs> but no, I, I, don't, I can't imagine. And then... Uh, and then I remember it was like March 13th. I, I didn't get to go to class yet. And um, my wife was like, hey, you know, you, you might want to check this out. Mm-hmm. And the governor, you know, the, it was the statewide mandate that you were closed and that was it. And it was a $1,000 fine per offense um, every time you were caught open. And um, so now my my business, my asset has become a huge liability because uh, some schools were um, – Training like backdoor training is that like I would have got caught in two seconds. It was like the I mean the most the broadest view of of you know it was so open and someone would have saw and um I remember the the police weren't the only ones that could give you a summons. Um, fire department could, health department could. They had like you know it was just impossible, They're impossible for me. So um, we tried to do like a online courses, I guess. And uh, it turned into me breaking down like video of, of matches. And that, that was cool for about two weeks, you know, <laughs> not the same as the hand to hand combat kind of feel, I yeah, guess yeah. as well. And then uh, that was it. Just like that. We were done every day. Somebody called me up and canceled their program and, and I let them, I mean, of course everybody was having a hard time. So uh, yeah, it was just uh wound up closing. Yeah, I described it as like trying to hold like fistfuls of sand. You know how terrifying. Yeah, it was it was hard. You know, and then uh, it was supposed to be two weeks, two weeks to flatten the curve. Remember? Yeah, the curve is still going. I'm sure. Well, I think what's interesting is to note that a third of businesses closed during the pandemic so far. um, That I've heard a statistic about. So I'm thinking that you were amongst good company, I suppose, in that there are just so many people who couldn't survive. Yeah. It was tough because you would see it happening. That I think that was tougher. Like It's the anticipation of what's going to happen, not what's really what's happening. And um, you would see it like you would see it one by one, like from different states. But, um, you know, you'd see like a post with an empty room and a guy thanking everybody for their time with him and stuff. And Heartbreaking. Yeah. You're like, oh, man, this is like this is coming, you know. So how did you get from New Jersey to Woodstock, Georgia? Uh, <laughs> it seems so random. <laughs> it's to- it, it is random. Um, we, we would visit um, family in Florida. And uh, we had this, this uh, awful dog. <laughs> <laughs> no dogs are awful. No dogs are awful. Blanket this, statement. <laughs> this, this dog was awful. Oh. His name was uh, Gerbert S. Yum-Yums. And he was a, uh, a rescue turned like nobody else is going to take this dog. <laughs> And he was like in love with my wife, but no one else. Oh. <laughs> um, she thinks it's the greatest dog. Oh, you yeah. think it's the worst. And uh, he was a little Japanese chin and he was so mean. <laughs> oh, no. But um, he, uh, we took him to Florida because he was on his last legs. And um, we stopped in Savannah uh, just on a whim. You know, Lori, my wife, was like, oh, I've always wanted to visit. And um, had like this love affair with Savannah. Um, came back, we're like, we should come and stay this time. 
and stayed. We loved it even more. But then, uh, I d- like I have uh, two very young boys, and I, I didn't think it was like the best place to bring them up. It was more city like. I wanted more, you know, like where I'm at now. And uh, and we would joke around. We're like, all right, you know, we love Savannah. Maybe it's not the right place, but we love Georgia. Maybe that's the common denominator. So we would like poke around and watch videos on towns and. And, uh, but I had just opened a new school. So we were like, all right, we'll make like a five-year plan kind of thing maybe and see how it goes. And then um, it was like we just got shot out of a cannon <laughs> and I landed in Woodstock. You know? <laughs> and uh, even with the house, like nothing was a coincidence. I, I really feel like I need to be here for some reason because, um, you know, the market's still going crazy. And uh, I'd call the realtor and you know, what about this house? What about that house? And she's like, sold, sold under contract. Nope. Five minutes ago, you two minutes too early, two minutes too late, you know? And, uh, this one particular house was on the market for three months. Um, it was like, it was waiting for us, you know? Oh. And, uh, as soon as we chose that house, everything fell into place. And it's, um, it's unique cause it had a third garage port and that garage port is really kind of what got me sitting here today. No know? kidding. How did that happen? Um, to my knowledge, there's only two houses in my neighborhood with that third, um, garage port. And, uh, that's the one that I ultimately turned into a school. And, um, at first it was going to be like, I'm going to set up my own private training thing. I'll train with my kids. And then, uh, two months in, it was like, you know, I just wanted to teach. Um, I didn't want to do a school again. I was really bummed out about the whole thing and, uh, no one would, no one would uh, take me, you know, they were in the same situation. But I think that's a really good point is that here you were um, trying to establish kind of a new life and that you have, I don't know if PTSD is the right word, but like justifiable fears of, oh, yeah. of what that, what happened to you. I legitimately wanted to, to like stock boxes. I, I thought it would just be easier. <laughs> You know, I'd, I'd definitely get paid more. And, um, and consistent work. Yeah. There are always going to be boxes, benefits, you and, benef- oh, and benefits. Um, I, I did. I want, I, and, uh, you know, I was like, oh, let's see what happens. And, and, um, finally again, we had the talk. Like, you know, my wife was like, you need to, you know, what are we doing here? So I'm like, all right. <laughs> so, uh, I put out a, um, a post on, uh, Cherokee Connect, uh, Josh Bag- Bagsby. Yes. Um, what a nice guy and like what a great service that he provides. And um, I remember I explained my situation reluctantly because I was very embarrassed about the whole thing. Uh-huh. And um, I just asked, I was like, you know, if anyone wants to train with me, like, you're, you know, I'll be doing lessons. Come, come, come into my garage. Yeah, yeah. Come to my garage. <sighs> and um, and then, yeah, we got like two two students and they brought two friends. And then, you know, and all of a sudden we're, I was like, you know, can we fit anyone in, everyone in the driveway? I had people parking up like at the North Pool. Oh no! And like walking down to my house, um, it was getting like crazy. And um, my neighbors were so nice and graceful about the whole thing. And uh, that's nice. That's a gift. Yeah. So, um, and then it just snowballed like out of control. So you haven't done any other advertising other than on Cherokee Connect? Maybe a hundred bucks on Facebook. Wow. Maybe, maybe. Well, I mean, that says a lot about social media and the power of social media. I think it's um, being authentic. I've learned that a lot from being here. Just like, uh, just 
putting it out there, you know, being yourself. Uh, you know, if yeah. you are just joining us, we are speaking to Chris Savillo. He is the, um, are, is it a studio, a dojo? What do you call it? Um, I call it an academy. Oh, it's an academy. Yeah. <laughs> Higher <laughs> learning. That's <laughs> <laughs> true because yeah. it applies to lots of different ways to learn. But Sakura Jiu-Jitsu Academy of Woodstock. Um, and I wanted to ask you too, do you, what do you think is your, what has been the hardest thing to overcome regarding, you know, it's fearless formula. So, so what are the things that you've sort of been like, I'm terrified, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, it's a big question. And I know you kind of answered it already by just even having faith enough to open, to open up your studio. There's pieces. Um, like I remember one conversation was about me, like needing to get out of bed because my family needed me. That was tough. And, um, and you just like, you know, you bite the bullet and you get up <laughs> and you, you got people to take care of, you know, it's not, you know, I couldn't sit there feeling sorry for myself. I had to get up. And then, um, the second thing was to get out of my own way and, uh, ask for help. <laughs> I'm, I'm learning. <laughs> you know, it's so hard. I'm such a prideful, like stubborn person. Oh my person. God, me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, it's like my soul brother. I feel the same way. It's very hard for me to ask for help. Very. Um, I understand that notion. So, uh, that was, that was tough. That's still tough. And, um, I'm getting better at it because again, ultimately it's for my kids, you know, at this point. But But you know what I love is that you're talking about love. That's what really supported your decisions to get up and go and keep trying is because for the love of your family Yeah. and to be a provider, I guess. Oh yeah. That's the biggest thing. Well, how did you get from your garage to your studio now? Um, just, you know, a lot of talk, (laughs) (laughs) sitting down and scoping everything out. And then, um, you knew you needed it because you had so many people on the street. (laughs) Yeah. It it was getting unsustainable in in the house. And, um, I mean, it was only a matter of time until someone did get annoyed that someone was parked in the wrong place or, and rightfully so, you know, and, um, yeah, just kind of. It's just all these odd coincidences. I, I literally sit in a school sometimes and by myself, and I'm just like, oh, "Man, how did this? How is this <laughs> happening?" Like, and then I'll drive home, and all the license plates are different. It's still, it's still like a. It can be tough some days, you know. Um, I came here; I didn't know anybody, and we didn't even see our house. Like, yeah, wow, um, that's ultimate faith, isn't it? Lori's, the house. Yeah, Lori's parents were looking for us, and and they were like, "You're gonna, you're gonna like this one. You're gonna like it here." And you're just like, okay, <laughs> here we come. <laughs> do you miss home? Do you, or um, or do you consider it still home, New Jersey? No, I feel like I found home here. Oh. Um, I didn't think I fit up there. No matter how hard I tried, um, it just wasn't a good fit. So, but you feel like you fit here. I do. Yeah. Some some um, some woman I never met. She she uh, commented on one of the posts I made, and she said, "Welcome home." And I thought it was so nice. That's so kind. Yeah. I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> I'm home." <laughs> but don't you think there's just some like there feels like there is a um, I don't know someone looking out for you when things just seem to fall into place, yeah. and you don't have to fight so hard. There's I don't know. I try to make things fit sometimes that just won't. And it's very hard to give up because I really want something to happen and it just won't. Yeah. But when you have an experience where something just 
just gets put into your lap and is so like, wait a minute, what? I feel like that way about this show where I'm like, they haven't pulled me out of here. Like I'm allowed to be in the studio right now. <laughs> how did that happen? I have no idea how yeah. that happens. It's just crazy. But there's like a feeling of peace about it. Don't you think? Yeah. Um, there's a comedian turn like a life coach. His name's Kyle Seath. I, I, I haven't heard of him. I'll look him up. Um, I remember he was talking about, uh, you know, when you hear something and it just, downloads in your brain forever mm-hmm. um he was talking about how everybody wants to leave it up to the universe or god or whatever you believe and then uh they won't let go of the wheel <laughs> you know <laughs> and, and how you should just sit in a passenger seat you know so i've been trying to do that and it, it literally feels like a roller coaster <laughs> but <laughs> it's scary you know but um, it is but, but you're doing you, it anyway yeah yeah you gotta believe in in the, the path you know i think well, do you have you found any surprises, things that happen where you're like, hmm, I had no idea that was going to happen? Like throughout the whole time? Yeah. Oh, so many. So many. I wouldn't even know where to start. Um, Maybe even being here in the studio is a surprise because I kind of found you randomly. I did. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing. Is it random? You know, it's like there's too many coincidences at this point for me to say you know, that like, now I'm just, I'm in the passenger seat. And I'm like, no, I'm supposed to meet you. We'll see why, you know, I don't, you know. So and, true. And, uh, Are there any things that you're not afraid of anymore, given your experience that you've been through? I think it's worse. <laughs> you're, you're more afraid? Yeah. Tell me why. Um, my kids have changed everything. And uh, even being married, every, every, all of it, it's changed everything. I have people counting on me. And, um, Another quote that I've heard recently that I logged was, um, every man has two lives and the second one starts when you realize you only have one. And that's where I'm at. So I've realized that like, I got to get everything together in an order. Um, I have people counting on me and, you know, I can't, I could write a book about my life. (laughs) It's been nuts. But, uh, if you need an audiobook narrator, I'd be happy to do it for you. <laughs> that's a shameless plug. I just didn't know. It should be you. It should be you and your voice telling the story. But, you know, that's actually very interesting because so many people think that they've gone through um, a scenario that they've kind of come through the other side and they're like, well, I've, I've survived it. I can serve, If I survive it once, I can survive it again. But sometimes just the notion of surviving it once, you never want to go through it again. Like yeah. just getting through it once was plenty. I think that's the success of everything for me. Um, when I fought, I wasn't like walking out like the toughest guy. Um, I would get it d- done in round one because I was terrified. <laughs> you know, it was total opposite. Um, I had my goals and, and, you know, I put myself in that situation, but, um, you know, I, I was just scared. And then with this, like, I'd never want to go through that again. And, um, you know, with mistakes, I, I had nothing. I mean, it's so hard to say what would have been better. You know, I had no uh, money saved. I'm a very black and white, all in or all out person. All my money went into the new school. Nothing was left, you know. And uh, but then I have friends that had one hundred twenty thousand dollars in safety accounts, and they blew through it in two months. So you know, who knows? I love what I think is just so important. As not that we're finished, but just as a takeaway from this is just that even the best laid plans can, can still not work the, under the best scenario. It can still not work, yeah. but then look at yours, which could seemingly have been not a great scenario. And now it's, it's like done so well. How many students yeah. do you have? 
Oh, we're closing in on a hundred. I'm so close. And that's in five months. And then my original school, I had 38 students for almost six years. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't break through that wall. So, uh, so, um, again, I'm, I'm terrified and that's why it's doing so well because I'm working so hard. <laughs> you know, people, are, um, big thing that happens when people say, uh, Oh man, you, you got back to me so fast. And I'm like, um, and they're like, you know, if you have to go be with your kids, I'm like, listen, I am working 24 hours a day. <laughs> like, As a small business owner, yeah. right? That's what you do. Yeah. So, uh, you know, no, no stone left unturned kind of attitude. <laughs> I always think when I get hired to do a voiceover, like I respond right away before they change their mind. <laughs> like, yeah. we don't listen to anybody else. Yeah. Did we sign a contract? Good. And then hang up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. I think it's, it's such an interesting notion that fear can be so motivating. It doesn't have to be something that holds you back. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I'm trying to sift through that, I guess, as I get older is, um, I don't think it had, like, I used to think it had to be like a, everything was a test and I had to get through it. And like, there was no happiness unless you suffered. And, and like, and it was proving myself that I was worthy of happiness through, through that kind of process. And, I don't think that's true at all. <laughs> um, I think you could just be happy, you know, and, and you can, you know, um, you can have emotions and, you know, it's okay to be terrified. And I say that like hiding under the blankets, terrified <laughs> as an adult man. Um, but, uh, but you, the difference is like doing it anyway. And I think that's always the big deciding factor. Everyone has the same feelings, but it's who, who walks through the door. So uh, if someone out there is listening, who's gone through a difficulty like you have with their business, what would you recommend for them? uh, I I know each business is different, right? But, but in general, some words of wisdom that you could offer for them. I think like the planning, planning and just taking like that first step, you know, just that one step. And that's the hardest one, right? That's on my flyers. Like the, the, the journey of a thousand miles starts with the first step, you know, and um, that that one step, you know, we took a step just to move and take a chance. And I mean, we had nothing else to lose. You know? <laughs> oh, my goodness. And, uh, it turned into this like beautiful, amazing thing. And um, which, uh, you know, I used to tell a very different perspective of the story. You know, it's like it's turned into such a great thing. Even with the news, it gave like the news clip, like kind of gave me closure. You know, people were like, Oh, I didn't, you know, there's so many people call and you got so much press. And I'm like, for me, it wasn't about that at all. And, uh, you were on 11 alive, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, with Caitlin Ross, she was like so nice. And, um, I'm so grateful to, for, to her for, you know, contacting me. I thought that was great. And, um, yeah, it helped me like, you know, getting, you got to get through that stuff. Uh, personally, I think to, to take the first step, you know, <laughs> So, uh, what do you think is the most satisfying of what you do? Like what, not just providing for your family. I just mean sort of like at your everyday, is there a moment where you find it? Wow. This is what I do this for this, this moment or this feeling. I think my favorite thing is like texting my wife pictures of these like 20 people classes, you know? And I'm just like, I did it. (laughs) (laughs) Can you believe it? Cause I, I feel like, you know, it's, um, it's trusting me, you know, trusting me that even like, like if it gets sticky, like, you know, I'll be there, you know, and that makes me happy. Like maybe you have an appreciation for it in a way that you didn't before. Cause you lost 
it, I guess. Is that a terrible thing? Wait, did I say that right? God, sometimes I, I say yeah. things without thinking. I apologize if I made it sound bad. Yeah. No, I think um, for sure. I mean, the students, you know, not that I didn't appreciate them, but now it's like, it's so cut and dry. Like these, like everything I do, every time I take a dollar out of my pocket, like whether it's to eat or buy clothes or go somewhere or like um, one of my students is providing that like, and that's it. Like there's no, there's no other way, you know, I don't have like these side hustles and I mean, this is like, I am all in with this. So, um, I mean, if to not meet that person with like the deepest respect and grace and, you know, I, I think I just like understand it a, a little deeper now, you know, and, and I try to, um, make sure that they know that it, how much it's appreciated because you know that that notebook or that cupcake or that, that uh snapple like i mean however you want to look at it i mean that electric bill like that a student paid for that like in some way you know so um i try to treat them like you know like my family like the most important people in my life because i mean they're my life <laughs> you know they're they what makes they're they're my pulse you know that's what makes everything else possible, you know? If you could go back to before you went through this in New Jersey and lost your um, studio, what would you want to tell yourself? If, could you tell yourself something that would give you some encouragement? What would you want to know back then that you know now? Um, I think I think there was definitely a... I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Um, I think there was definitely a selfishness in ways because... Um, I was still competing like actively and, and uh, I could see the difference. Like the, the, the attention that I'm spending on the school now is not vastly different, but different than it was when I was training and competing and, and um, fighting and, and whatnot um, f- full time and trying to do the school full time. And it, it was, it, there was definitely clashing that I, I remember now that I look back. Mm-hmm. So now it's like the school has like a hundred percent attention. And I mean, the, the results speak for themselves. You know, you feel like you're all in, in a different way yeah. than you were then. That's a good way to, to put it. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, and just a, a different respect for it. You know, I had to work so hard to, to do it. Um, you know, it's a, it's just a, all-encompassing kind of thing. Yeah, know? but I think that I, I appreciate that as well because I think anything handed to me um, without having sort of really worked for it or or sacrificed in some way for it, I don't know that it's as sweet as when you really have like wanted something so badly and if it didn't work and you change things around. and There's just something um, joyful, I guess. There's like yeah. a, a true joy and gratitude that probably carries over, I would imagine, into the way you interact with everyone. And I don't know. Yeah, it is. I, I think the there's joy in the work now. And, and again, not that there wasn't. It's just different. You know, like, I, I don't, I try not to look at it as like, you know, I'm, I'm going to suffer for these next two years. And, and then, every, you know, like, it's happening. And it's happening fast, because I'm working hard. And I'm working hard, because I enjoy doing it. And it's different. I, I don't feel like I need to like, 
you know, grind it out and be so sad about everything and, you know, talk about the hustle. And, you know, I'm, not, I'm just not interested anymore. I want my life to be like a lake, like <laughs> not an ocean anymore, you know, like a lake. Ooh, I like it. A lake sounds like a little cabin on the side. <laughs> it it yeah. sounds so peaceful. It is. I'm done. You know, I'm done. I just want to be happy now. <laughs> well, I love, I love that though, because it is a bit of a hustle. I mean, you're competing with other, I'm sure, other studios or academies, and I mean, you can look at it like that. But I think that there's just something so. I love, I love what you said about being peaceful, and no matter what, because um, that's what I'm. I think I'm looking for as well in my life, and so I think this this radio show is a little self serving. For for myself, that's okay. Self self serving for myself. Yeah. That's so articulate. Um, but I mean, I'm trying to find those similar things, and I'm trying to not be so afraid of things. And so, when I'm interviewing other people like you, and I'm trying to absorb and um and use the words of wisdom that you have for my own life. And so, and ho- but hopefully, other people are too. It's not just for me. But yeah, I, I like that um, idea of I just want to be happy and not because really what can you control? You can control yourself. Right. Yeah. And I think it's, um, I just had a conversation with a student a couple nights ago. He was, uh, he just hit like a personal best with his weightlifting, you know? And um, I was so happy for him because like he worked so hard, you know? Uh-huh. And um, he was like, yeah, my, my dad was there and he was just like, come on, come on, you can do it. And he's like, and then it just went up like it was nothing. And I was like, isn't it funny how if somebody gives you permission to succeed, you can do it? And and I said, I'm like, I'm like, imagine if you gave yourself permission to succeed. I'm like, you'd be unstoppable. And I think like lately, I'm just giving myself permission to be happy and to succeed. And and I mean, you know, even when you said there, there's competition, not anymore. Like I don't know who's around. I don't know who's teaching. It's none of my business, <laughs> you know. It's none of my business, and I mean that so sincerely. Like I, I just, I, I just worrying about myself. That's helped, you know. I don't have my mind scattered on what everybody else is doing and whatnot. We only have so much energy, right? Yeah, and my kids take all of that. <laughs> so. <laughs> that probably won't end for a few minutes. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> and you know, they've just become such a huge focus, and and my wife too. Like. um Everybody always talks about their kids. If it wasn't for her, I mean, she she gave me these beautiful beings, and and uh, I always thought, um, you know, I get this person in my life, and and there's always these moments of like, I can't love this person anymore, and then um, then we got married, and I was like, man, I like, there's more, you know, and then uh, and then you're married, and you're like, I can't love this person anymore, and then you have kids, and you're like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> So now we're at this point, you know, and I'm like, man, there can't be any more. I mean, it's, it's, it's intense and I love it. You know, it's all of it. Like, um, and it's taken a uh, precedence over all the other stuff, you know, not, not saying, uh, fighting is negative. Like I love fighting. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no one wants to see the 44 year old out there fighting, you know, so things need to change and, and, you know, uh, priorities change and shift and, and now, you know, maybe just because of my my little family I have, you know, now we uh, I'm pushing harder and, and more focused and more intense, you know. Well, so, if they wanted to, anyone out there listening wanted to get in touch with you, how can they do that? What's the best way? Um, my website's uh, www.sakurabjj.com. 
Or you can email me at uh, sakurabjj at gmail. BJJ, what is BJJ? It's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Oh, it's Brazilian? Yeah. I don't know why I thought it was Japanese. Look what well, I know. I'm so glad you're teaching no, no. and I'm not yeah. teaching. Anything. I have a judo pedigree as well, and um, I'm not Brazilian. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I always, you know, I, I just always steered more towards that. That's the source, you know. So, um, you know, I thought it was fitting for the uh, for the school. Well, I'm so excited that you came in to share your story. I just loved pretty much everything about kind of going through something so challenging and then coming out the other side, but even better than before. Um, sometimes I, th I feel like the things that I go through, I'm not grateful for at all. But in this case, I would be like, oh, maybe maybe it was something that really actually brought you to this moment in such a, a shining way, if that makes sense. No, it does. I think... I think as well. <laughs> I've been thinking about a lot of things no. lately. Um, I feel like being grateful slows things down. And, you know, I feel like if you don't take the moments to think about those things, like it, it's going to fly by and you can't even remember. You know, so every day I, I try to sit, you know, with my little ones and I'm like, all right, what are we grateful for today? And then it seems like I can stay in the moment longer, you know. And you appreciate the moments. Yeah, in a for sure. Way. And you don't get upset when time goes by and you're like, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> it's like being mindful, being mindful of where you are. And I think anybody having a, an attitude of gratitude has a um, source of, um, or, or has access to a happiness that it's easy to, to I guess, it, look, look beyond or think about other things. But when you have that gratitude, there it just feels like you're on a different little level of my life, you know. I'm trying to do the same thing every day. That, like I just looked through my calendar and thought the same thing. Oh my gosh, it's already August, almost September. And like, what did I do this year? Yeah. <laughs> and I was looking back at my calendar and I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah. So there is something kind of nice about not not looking through life with regret because you didn't appreciate the moments you were given. Yeah, it slows it down. It makes it like more manageable. <laughs> well, Chris, I just thank you so much for coming and uh, spending time and giving me some good words of wisdom and things to think about as I leave um, and all of you out there, thank you so much for joining us on Fearless Formula. And again, this is Sharon Klein, and I'm reminding you with words of wisdom and with understanding, we can all have a fearless formula. Have a great day.